It's almost a medical miracle. Not just one vaccine, but a number of incredibly effective COVID-19 vaccines developed, tested, and sent to market in less than one year. But that miracle ran into the reality of vaccination resistance. Governments and businesses are now grappling with the issue of whether they can require people to get the vaccine. Bioethicist Art Kaplan says the legal and ethical questions are many, but he is confident of one thing. I'll just make a forecast. I'm gonna say a lot of you are gonna see mandates in many businesses by next January, a lot. Hi, I'm Irene Silver, and this podcast is part of Vanguard's Vaccination Project. Dr. Art Kaplan is a professor of bioethics at New York University Langone Medical Center. He is one of the leading bioethicists in the world. The Vanguard Group's founder and president, Ken Banta, explored some of the legal and ethical issues businesses and nonprofits face concerning the COVID-19 vaccine. What are you seeing as the, uh, the top things the GCs should be worrying about or addressing? Unfortunately or not, I've had a lot of interaction with many GCs now at many companies, big ones, little ones. Um, over the past year, we had a project that I'd started about eight years ago on vaccines. So it turned out to be timely in a way that I wasn't wishing for. <laughs> uh, so we know the I know the lay of the land very well here. I'd say the following four come right to mind, but there's probably a list of 20. One is, what is our obligation to vaccinate our workforce to authenticate that we've vaccinated our workforce? Can we demand proof? If we do, how do we do that? And it's partly for workforce safety, but the GCs are often asked, if we're going to send out a sales force or if we have in-person requirements in our business, what can the people where, uh, what can our customers uh, ask us in terms of authentication? Uh, sometimes called the vaccine passport, although I prefer vaccine authentication for that role. A second big issue. So what can we do when vaccines around the world are out there under emergency use authorization? So remember all the vaccines that we see are not licensed. We've never been in a world where FDA has given early approval and said, yeah, go out and vaccinate, I don't know, 100 million people <laughs> with something that's preliminary in terms of its approval. And I can talk about that later if you're interested, but it's a big concern for uh, GCs. They, they're trying to figure out what they can and can't do and their liability. And if they mandate and somebody gets sick on an EUA, what happens? A third uh, issue is how do you define an employee? So many people have asked me if I operate in the Philippines or India or wherever, and we say we're going to do X, Y, and Z, am I bound to provide vaccine, medical care, ICU access, insurance coverage to drivers, household helpers, nannies? Um, how do you how should we think about our duties in a pandemic as opposed to what we might have thought about when it was just pay people to provide services? And remember, many of these overseas workers are living with these people. They're not just coming in and you know, uh, doing something. The cook is there, the nanny is there. They're, therefore, the pandemic poses infectious disease risks that are very, very different for that kind of thing. And the last one, in dealing with the, that corruption issue, there are many countries that are going to request corporate help 
when they do, to what extent does the company have to vet what the government plans to do with the help? And you could think of it as vaccine specific. So if I say I'm going to send or buy 500,000 doses to give to country X, and I'm somewhat suspicious that country X doesn't have the most uh, high, highfalutin, high standing government, should I insist that the distribution follow public health ideas or I give them the 500,000 units and they let me continue to operate in the country and they vaccinate all their friends. You hear a lot of people say we've got to aid poor countries as a government or as private enterprises, but not all poor countries behave the same. This is not simply a legal question. It's a societal question. It's a commercial question. It's a board question. Do you vaccinate employees? Do, you, do they need to be vaccinated? Are, does your patient, conf, patient or customer confidence depend on it and, and all those factors? At NYU and many other healthcare places around the country, we have a mandate for flu shots for healthcare workers. It's been in place for a while, but uh, we did have a mask option at NYU. After wearing masks for one year, we're at 99.6% vaccinated. So there are a lot of roads to uh, that. And let me add one other thing. Kids are not vaccinated yet. The vaccines are not proven, but they will be. And soon they will be required to get vaccinated, go to school. It changes the whole mandate discussion. If your kids are vaccinated, why isn't Pop vaccinated? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's your view on what... uh... Tell us the uh, at least where you're heading on this. Is, is it that uh, ultimately uh, a mandated vaccination is really, uh, you know, either both valid and necessary, or did you did you are you coming to something in the middle? Middle, not there yet. Uh, uh-huh. Looking toward education, trying to beat down misbelief, misperception, right. and broad education. By the way, tried to point out to people, you learn a lot about what you think about health issues from your cousins, friends, got a nurse who once heard something. So I'd bring anybody into these educational (laughs) formats who would show up. Invitation is broad. Um, Secondly, ask them to stop social media stuff for now until we kind of get on the same page. We can't censor them, but try and make a request that we want to make sure everything's accurate. We're going to try and get good information out there. We hear your concerns, but trying to uh, trim that because that really is divisive. Uh, third, basically trying to figure out who in the sales, who in the employee package really does need to vaccinate if we're talking about uh, satisfying the customers that things are safe. So it may be that you could not vaccinate, work from home or not vaccinate, work from an office isolated, but some subpopulation has to agree or maybe would agree, not has to, would agree to go out there and be the sales force on the in-person visitors and then others not. There's a little reluctance to mandate based on emergency use authorization of vaccines. Wasn't clear that if they mandated and these vaccines were not fully licensed, that the company then wouldn't be liable. So the trigger point for some mandates is probably going to be for this company, licensure. But I can tell you three things. One, mandates are coming for sure in the healthcare business. They're going to come in the military. And as they do, that gets people more familiar with the idea of a mandate. Many industries are going to realize there's a competitive advantage in saying my sales force, my waitress force, my whatever force is vaccinated and use it to compete. 
They absolutely will be doing that. And third, Europe is moving quickly toward authentication. EU is going to announce its vaccine passport shortly. France has something for use with its territories. IBM just announced a contract with Germany for a, the, the inevitable app. <laughs> These are all going to change uh, the culture around mandates. I'll just make a forecast. I'm going to say a lot of you are going to see mandates in many businesses by next January. A lot. Uh, suppose a class of your employees say that vaccination harms them or that they're morally opposed to, to being vaccinated. Uh, does the company have a big potential liability in requiring them to be vaccinated? Uh, or is that, uh, are there other ways around that? There's nuance here too, because there are strong mandates. You do it or you get fired. And that actually is what we do with our mandates in healthcare. You get fired and we've litigated them and won them. Uh, th those precedents are out there already. Um, nursing homes, by the way, staff, home care programs, and believe it or not, even hospice, because you don't want to cause someone to die sooner than they have to. But the nuance is when you have a weak mandate, let's say somebody says, I'm claiming a religious exemption. Is the company going to say, good, get a letter from your religious leader and prove it? Or is it just my claim that's going to stand up as a way out? Similarly, I have a health reason, somebody says. Show me a doctor's note. Show me a notarized doctor's note. There are all kinds of, we've been through this with mandates a lot uh, for other vaccines. I know the nuances very well. And so you can make it hard to exempt without getting into a, we're going to fire you. But you can really put a pathway out there that you got to really want to exempt to go down the road to get a uh, exemption. It's a, another nuanced area of behavior modification. <laughs> I think that's very important. We see it again in the healthcare institutions around the country with millions of workers. It's in the culture. They put on badges, they put on stickers, and they're kind of looking at everybody else saying, and where are you? So workplace ethos definitely drives that. I know it does. And I was going to uh, tell you one other thing. We talk about people who don't want to do it. But one reason for a company to know who's vaccinated and tout it is that you can recontact them when the time comes for boosters. We're acting like it's a single shot and we're done. This could get annual. And you want to know who's vaccinated, who needs an update, who didn't get their second shot. About 9% of people are not. You want to yell at them. So there are other reasons to be tracking vaccination here. Rewards, if you will, for people who let the company know. Hey, one other funny thing, and then I'll shut up. Yeah. You know, everybody's waiting to tear their masks off. But I did point out to this company that flu and colds and respiratory disease have dropped to nothing because of masking policy. Before you tell everybody, throw your masks away for good, <laughs> it may be something that you're going to encourage later just for the health of the workforce, being on the job, you know, not just deaths, but. <laughs> you know, being out of work and that stuff, it seems to have worked pretty well. So I'd be a little careful how I treated masks. I wouldn't just say, oh, my God, they're the worst thing ever. You know, thank God we're done with that. There may be other things we're going to come back and encourage. Hand washing seems to be a nice idea. It wouldn't take all the Purell stations down. Uh, there's things to learn here. So that's looking way out to the future. But be careful what you message now because you may want more workplace safety hygiene later. That was bioethicist Art Kaplan talking to the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta. 
This conversation is part of the Vanguard Network's vaccination project. Our partner is Global Vaccination Advisors. Global Vaccination Advisors helps healthcare companies, employers, and governments maximize COVID-19 and other vaccinations globally by leveraging drivers and overcoming barriers. Podcasts like this one are just one of the membership benefits of the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us or the vaccination campaign, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.